Blog Talk Radio. Boxing podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Well, 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 well. Hello to all. How I missed you all. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live. What's today's date? I don't give a fuck what the date is. Who cares? All I know is Thomas Edward Patrick fucking Brady did it again to those piece of shit chiefs who Andy Reid thought he was so fucking slick. Oh, Andy, you got a good one on Bill Belichick these last couple of games. You know, in 2017, game one of the start of the season, they beat the shit out the Patriots, and everyone felt like, oh, the the man genius when he was, uh, you know, having all those fucking guys who beat their wives and shit like that and hit women. I love to see Sideshow Bob, light-skinned Mahomes, go home with his head held down, you fucking clown. It's not that easy. Steph Curry wannabe, and you got children crying at the game. Feel bad, but all those fucking farmers need to go back and make sure they're heard and all that stuff at the ranch is all copacetic. For me, I'm enjoying myself. It was a hell of a game. Everybody counted the Patriots out, and just like I tell all these dumb fucks, I have an uncle who bet like they got 500 bucks or something on the Chiefs today. You dumb son of a bitch. I told him last night, you don't bet against Tom fucking Brady. All right? Well, anyways, uh, just enjoyed that game. I had a massive hangover this morning. Let me tell you, folks. I didn't even watch the first game. First of all, if I was in great shape, got out the gym after my morning jog, and knew that the Rams Saints game was on, I wouldn't watch it because I don't give a fuck about the Rams. Hate the Rams. Hate Sean Payton. Hate Drew Brees, that fucking cornball ass, fake ass Captain America. Colin Kaepernick should stand for the flag. Fuck you. And Sean Payton, front-running, scumbag, doing the fucking skull chant or the taunt last year against the Minnesota Vikings, front-running, bit him in the ass with that touchdown by Stephon Diggs, huh? I think so. And then he comes out with this bullshit. You guys want to make $250,000, win three games. And he puts a fucking pile of money inside of a glass container with the Super Bowl trophy. And that shit's got nothing but $1 fucking bills. Get the fuck out of here, Sean Payton, you fucking clown. Drew Brees is a piece of shit for his beliefs in the fucking fake Captain America shit. And let's not forget, Drew Brees got one Super Bowl. And that's only because Hurricane Katrina happened. So get the fuck out of here, Saints. I don't care. Rams, history's about to repeat itself, you pieces of shit. You're going to L.A. and don't change a goddamn thing. Patriots fucked them up before, and they're going to fuck them up again because, as I said, history repeats itself. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good today. Got uh, some good food. Just uh, 
did the Tupperware pack for lunch with my snowflakes right now, and I am all good to go. Glad to be here with everybody. So, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the Sacramento scores put that beat down on Detroit yesterday via a game-winning three by Buddy Love. Buddy Hill, hey, New Orleans Pelicans, how's it feel to get bent over backwards, you fucks? We traded y'all DeMarcus Cousins for Buddy Heald and drop-round picks that turned into Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. <laughs> and you guys only rented them for half the season. Hilarious. Hilarious. All is good in the sports world for RC, regardless of the fact that we're going to talk about what happened last night. But I'm on fire right now because Sacramento's got 24 wins. And the last time they had 24 wins, well, last season, let's say, or the year before, uh, I think we had it somewhere in March when we got a 24th win, but it's still January, and the scores is going for that and for that playoff spot, and it's all good in the hood. Oh, God. So let's take it to my co-host because I know I, I, I'm really hyped right now, and Willa, I'm, I'm extra hyped with uh, talking to you, my Houston native, that you guys put that comeback victory on the L.A. Lakers bitch ass yesterday, and Lonzo Ball, get well soon. Sorry your ankles hurt, light skin. But, hey, Willa. What's good in the hood, man? I'm on fire right now. I'm ready to go. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say something, but usually Willow comes in a little later off the there's, – there's a button on your phone or or however you're doing this that's called – All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, man. What's going on, man? How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'll see I'm doing good, man. I see your hype. Um, you know, we just got off the a good ass Sunday of football. You know, the Rams taking it in the OT yep. against the Saints. Uh, Brady marching them down in uh in OT against the Chiefs. If I'm at home, uh, yes, Mahomes, um, you know, I'm not putting my head down at all because we thought it was over. You know, Mahomes came and tied the game up. You know, Brady just had the ball last. So, you know, that just is what it is, man. And um, and and I didn't want to say this, man, because you did bring up how the Rockets and James Harden is dominating and probably, like people said earlier, the best offensive player we've ever seen. Um, but, you know, your guys uh... did win a game uh, the other day, but I think they're still out of the playoffs. <laughs> You, you clap for yourself. You clap for yourself, just like Sean Payton and the rest of those front runners. But ain't nobody worried about nothing, man. Sacramento, they're on the ride. Yeah, yeah. They're doing big things. We got a team, not just a, a one-player game. Well, I mean, I guess the Rockets do got three players. They got James Harden and the three referees that are with them because how many free throws boys shoot on that. But that's neither here nor there. I'll let you go. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, we had some pretty good event of boxing, man, some great um, – Football, great weekend. So yeah, I'm excited to talk, man. Excited to talk about this this weekend in boxing, man. So let's get let's get it popping. Was it a good weekend in boxing? I thought it was a shit box. Wasted my goddamn money on a fight, but whatever. Neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you, I seen the the, the um, title that you had posted on Twitter. As I was going on my rant on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I wanted to say this, too, especially about the football game. I don't know how you feel about this. Why do you at all? 
that Tony Romo always spoils the play for the viewership. He'll be talking on the board the way John Madden used to, and instead of saying boom, he's going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Tony Romo needs to shut the fuck up. I don't like seeing games with Tony Romo. He's like that guy when you're watching a movie and seeing the movie before with someone who hasn't seen the movie before, and he just spoils it the whole time. That bothers me. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I really, it, it makes me wince listening to Tony Romo on commentary. Is that just me, Willa, or, or do you have somewhat of the same effect? Because me, I like, to, I like to diagnose my own pre-snap reads. I don't need to hear what Tony Romo is telling the whole time, breaking down the fucking play and seeing exactly what happens from what he says is going to happen. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I enjoy what Tony Romo does, man. It's a good little guessing game. You get to play there. Is he right? Does he make the right call? And sometimes he did, especially on that big Gronk play. He said, you got to put Gronk out there and throw it up. Sure as hell, that's what they did. You know, he told them what they had to do. And it was funny. That's what they did, and they won the game, man. Drove down there on them boys, man. So, you know, hey, I'm not I'm not a Romo hater. He, he could do his thing, you know. It is what it is. You know, when that's you're, when you're you a boxing what? fan – when you're a boxing fan, you learn to sort of tune out, you know, the commentary and just, you know, you can hear it and you can tune into it, but I can also tune out. So I hear it going on. Sometimes I want to hear it. Sometimes, I, I, you know, I don't. So I can tune it out. So it really doesn't bother me. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know, I'm glad you're on here. Not you, you, you don't sound like most of the people I talk to when it comes to football. Most people I talk to with football would be talking shit about the Patriots and saying how much they cheated and all this and that, how much the referees are working with them. So I know you're not a – a Patriots fan or anything like that, but you don't sound like the typical Patriots hater. Uh, tip my cap to you, good sir. But oh, Willa. No, no, Brady. Oh, Brady has gone down, but we need to get down to boxing. But Brady, if he wins this one, he is the goat of America. You know, um, Serena Williams oh, yeah. might be the goat of America at this time. Probably Michael Jordan. Most people give it to Michael Jordan, but you got LeBron and Serena trying to push for that. You got Phelps. He sort of did his thing, yeah. but it's over for him. But, you know, Serena and LeBron are trying, but this guy's going back to the Super Bowl. So, you know, we might just see the just American sports goat in the making. Most definitely, most definitely. Now, JP, I know you're with us right now. Hang around, my brother. We're going to get to you right now, right away. Uh, but I just want to talk real quick about this fight that happened. You know, fuck all the Tony Romo bullshit and the football that's happened. I don't care. Yesterday, we got fooled again by A.B. Good headline, by the way, brother. But Adrian the Problem Broner decided he wanted to be Adrian Money Broner and try to fight the way Floyd Mayweather fights and pop shot in his way to a victory in which there was no sequences of any three-punch, four-punch combination. Um, I, I don't like that. Um, I did not like that, and I don't give it Adrian Broner um, a pass. I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to be like uh, Bernstein when Broner would hear some comments that I would make that he wouldn't not like and not fuck with me because of. Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> he came out with a a bad game plan, um, and and he really believes that he won the fight. You know, I, I guess he tried to take the Floyd Mayweather – uh, game plan against Manny Pacquiao, and it just didn't work, you know. Um, in that seventh round, he caught himself in some trouble. Uh, in the ninth round, his chin really got tested with a heavy left hand straight down the pipe by Manny Pacquiao. And um, hats off to Pacquiao. We all know that I'm a Manny Pacquiao fan and an Adrian Broner fan, but at the end of the day, I don't lose. I get enjoyment from both sides, but I was uh, pulling for Adrian 
And, um, you know, he, uh, he let me down. But as some people like to say, he uh, is a really good salesman with his words. You know, he could, uh, he could trick some people in thinking that he actually won the fight. Me, personally, I had the first four rounds, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, fifth round was a swing round for me. And after that, it was the MP clear slate victory. Manny Pacquiao, um, he gave Adrian that work, you know. And you know what? And it's not even – you know what? I take that back. He didn't give Adrian that work. He was just active and, and, and doing – and being active and throwing punches. Manny Pacquiao looked like shit yesterday. A lot of this fucking – these punches, especially the ninth round when he landed that pipe, that shot down the pipe right on the chin for Adrian, he was looking directly at his toes when that hand came. When that hand came. He was throwing punches without looking and – and uh, it really looks sloppy, in my opinion. But that's why Floyd didn't even get a head nod. He knows Manny looked like shit. And why would he give a guy a rematch when he looked like shit against a guy who didn't throw any punches? Because, you know, Adrian was uh, landing the uh, more significant punches early in the fight. But, uh, you know, he just he went back to diet Floyd, let's be honest, you know? So um, that's my that's – my, that's not everything, but that's just what I got to say about the fight. I want to get to uh, everybody else that's with us right now. Janelle, I know you're with us. Hang around. Pay attention. Uh, and JP, we're going to you right after Willa. But Willa, Adrian left. Adrian let us down last night on God now. Yes. Hey, you know what? <clears throat> Sometimes you got to reflect. <clears throat> we all know. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Y'all know that I'm a fan of Adrian Broner and that, yes, uh, you know, and that I'm, I'm very fond of him. I, I want to see him do good. You know, after last night, after the fight, I sort of felt, you know, I had a few drinks. I was a little upset. Adrian got us again is how I felt. And to some point, he did. To some point, he did. But... <clears throat> When I sat back and watched the fight again, um, you know, just peeped it this morning. Uh, you know, Adrian didn't let us down as much as we think he did. You know, sometimes people are who they are, right? Adrian Broner came to this fight in shape. Adrian Broner looked like you know, even though he wasn't throwing punches, you know, he was fighting the whole time, pretty much. Broner just is who he is, you know. And out of the 10 best shots that landed, the 10, like, top hard shots that landed, you know, Manny Pacquiao probably got number one and number two or three. But the rest of them were probably Broner. But the thing is, those eight shots were might be the only shots Broner landed the whole fight. Um, Broner actually didn't even didn't look that bad last night. Um, you know the way Broner left, and you know he said he thought he won. If you're if you're of the mind state that if I'm making this guy miss me a lot and he's not really hitting me, uh, and I'm hitting him with a better shot. Maybe you think he won. I don't think he won. In fact, I only had him winning like two, maybe three rounds. Um, Same here. But, you know, I could, I mean, him saying that he thought he won isn't that outlandish, even though it is, you know. 
even though it is outlandish, when you're in there, you know, it's just like it's just like uh, when you're playing when you're playing basketball at the at the at the rec center, right? You 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 might pull a move off. Uh, uh, oh, got him! They call travel. You swear to God, you didn't travel because you're in the, you're in the moment. But then when you look, you done took the step back one two one two, you know, and you look, you say, <laughs> damn, you know. So when you you know when you're in the when you're in the, travel. the, the mix, you yeah, <laughs> yeah, when you're in the mix, you never you might not know you might not you might not think that you might not see it the way everybody else sees it, you know. Broner, even though he let us down, he really didn't let us down. You know what I'm saying? That was just my original thought, he let us down. But Broner is Broner and if we're and if we're looking at Broner of what he's been the last couple of years, that might have been the best Broner we've seen. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily he performed the best, but it was the best Broner we've seen. Manny Pacquiao is out there. He's still throwing a lot of punches. He looks old as hell. Um, but he won that fight last night. You know, there, and he was obviously the smaller guy in there. Um, Manny Pacquiao should be proud of this win. Uh, I think that was a pretty good win for Manny uh, at 40 years old. He he looked like an old Manny. Uh, he didn't beat up Broner. You know, there was no, besides those two shots, Broner, you know, he's he hit the club last night, I'm sure. He looked all right. Um, but it was a good, it was an all right fight. It wasn't a, a great fight, uh, but it was all right, man. And and the fight before it was, was all right. So, you know, last night was all right. Uh, I, I paid to set, I, pay, I went ahead and paid to 75, had some people over. You know, I went ahead and blessed JP with the luxuries of uh, free, of free uh, boxing and stuff like that. So, you know, I went ahead and paid the money. I'm not, I'm not upset that I paid the money. You know, there's been some times where you feel bad about paying. Uh, that one, I really didn't at all. Had a good time. Broner, you know, he uh, he gave us an entertaining fight, but he took an L and he took a decisive L. Um, so yeah, that's how I see it, man. I I agree with what happened, but I think it was all right. I think even though I named it, uh, Broner got us again because that's how I initially felt. Uh, he may not have really got us. He just, you know, he actually when you sit back and look at it, he actually gave it his all in the in this thing. And I think after the press conference, he said that, and he almost <clears throat> and he was almost about to cry. So I think Broner really this was the best Broner we saw. He just he just ain't. Ain't he just ain't ain't there? This is it. There's no more potential. This is Broner. This is the best Broner we're gonna see, and it's not that bad of a Broner. It's just a Broner that if somebody throws a lot of punches, they're probably gonna beat him. I mean, yeah, I feel you, bro. That's a that's a real good uh, analysis of it, man. Because I'm the same way. Broner, you know, Broner, you know, Willow. When we seen him in L.A. and and, and I had a little quick chat with him, he's a cool guy, man. Really humble individual. Obviously, when uh, the cameras are on, uh, you turn it up a notch to sell yourself as a, you know, a, a brand in the promotion. AB, I get it. <clears throat> he says a lot of borderline racist things, and it's just selling it. You know, for people who believe any of that kind of shit and take it to a, a next level, well, that's what he wants you to do. So it'll be interesting to see how these buys sell, the buys come for this pay per view. Um, <clears throat> but for me, it reminded me of the Jesse Vargas fight, the first six rounds, and I was like, come on, man, just uh, you gotta. Okay, you did that that last fight, but now you got to turn it up and put some punches together. He looked like a completely different person. 
borderline want to say he might have got a briefcase to to just go in there and not take too much damage and and go on your way. But uh, you know, I didn't I didn't, I didn't sense that. But but no, he uh. uh you're an Adrian Bronner fan, do you think that he won the fight? Um, you might want to go to Lens Crafters. You probably would be comfortable with uh, Bill Cosby giving you a drink. Um, you know, things of that nature. But for me, um, it was a clear-cut decision made for the for what happened. And Adrian didn't give it enough activity to put on for the hood. If uh, this was for the hood, man, and you talk about the hood. Uh, knows you won that fight. Well, you must be talking about the crackheads in the hood who ain't got no motherfucking eyesight. You ain't fooling me. That's my guy, but he won that fight, man. He didn't win that fight. Uh, yeah, and there, was, take, there was a few rounds that there was a few rounds where all he had to do was throw maybe four more punches, five more punches. You know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, you did some good work at the beginning of the round. You know, it seems like he started a lot of the times he started early, he did some good work, and then he would just shut it down. And then you you know, and you say to yourself, man, just throw like three more punches, three more punches, and maybe I can give you the round. So maybe he really needed like four or five more punches to throw, but he wouldn't do it. So this is what it is. It definitely is, man. Um, well, let's take it to the guys and see how they're feeling about this one because, you know, eh, it, for some, this is not surprising at all. This is easy money for somebody who I think Pacquiao was uh, minus 380 or 280 or something like that. So if you put 380 or 280 um, on the table, you win 100 back plus your money. So um, for somebody who was out in Vegas and say, hey, I'll throw 10000 on Pacquiao thinking this is easy money, that's a good little pickup of about, you know, pick up 3 k Pretty easy, somewhere around there. So for a lot of people, this is seem, this seems like um, uh, uh, it's it's really a non-debatable subject for some people who believe Pacquiao was going to win this fight by easy work. Um, but for the Broner believers, which I am uh, in, uh, I am in uh, that that uh, circle to a certain extent. Um, you know, quote unquote, if he lets his hands go, that's going to go down. In Broner's career, for a guy with uh, so much talent and potential, to not live up to his expectations, it's a it 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 really hurts me to to see it and to see his career go the way it's gone. <clears throat> because we know how good the kid can be, and when he does let his fucking hands go, Jesse Vargas face. Uh, uh, a credible opponent tells a story. So, um, but like I said, I win either way, just like Sacramento, just like Tom Brady. So, it's all good. But let's take it to JP if he's still rocking with us. Let's go to Long Beach because, hey, I don't know about you, Willard, what the moon looks like over on your side. It might be, I don't know what y'all got going on in Texas. But over here in California, the left coast, which would be the best coast, it is a beautiful night. There's no more rain in the forecast because I fucking hate rain. Messes up my shoes. Kicks all dirty. I hate the rain. But it's a beautiful day, beautiful night in central California. There's a, a eclipse going on tonight, I believe, with a red moon and things of that nature. But it's a beautiful night over here. I, well, let's take it to JP. What's the weather looking like first and foremost 
in Southern California, my man JP, the uh, host of the Relevantly Fat and Black podcast, might I add. JP, what's good? Man, RC, thank you for that introduction, sir. Um, <clears throat> the weather is uh, magnificent as usual. You know, um, Tony, Tony, Tony once said, it never rains in Southern California. And um, <clears throat> that group is one of the greatest. <laughs> you know, Tony, that Tony, Tony, me. one of the most unheralded, one of the most unheralded, but one of the greatest R&B groups. They knew what the fuck was going on down here. They said it never rained. And it did rain for a few days, and it was just to beautify what is already known as one of the most beautiful places in the world, Southern California. And as for the night, it is about 65 degrees. You can wear a tank top. And the glorious skies show nothing but stars. Galileo, fucking uh, the Big Dipper, and and all that type of shit is out there. Ryan's belt. Ryan's belt. You can see the end of the Milky Way galaxy from my view. Yep. Ah, I've been having drinks and I'm feeling well. Um, but I will say it's a sad day for the hood, man. I mean, we did lose tonight in football, y'all. Now, the end of Tom Brady and the Patriots symbols the start of new Uh-oh. beginnings with those like. <laughs> You know, tonight was the the handover of the torch I felt. It was the end of the old and the beginning of the new with the Patrick Mahomes types of the world. Now, Willa, an advocate of biracial nation, curly head nation is what I believe Willa calls the shit. (laughs) And I was, uh, and I was, I was on the backs of the, one of the, the leaders of the curly head nation. You know what I mean? And he tried to bring us in, but again, Tom, you know, and then on, on the, the so the hood suffered there, and then we also suffered with Adrian Broner, who once again sucked us in like the fucking snake oil salesman he is. You know, um, I told everybody, I told everybody, don't fuck with this nigga, man. Don't fuck with him. He's never going to pull it all together. And at the last minute, I talked to Willow on the phone. I mean, at, at, at motherfucking, like, two minutes before the, the bell rung to start the fight, I said, well, I'm in. Uh, he's got me. Because he seemed to seize the moment. It's like he understands. It's like when he talks in the press conferences and all that stuff, it's like he understands this is my last shot. I got to let it all hang out. <clears throat> but, see, I want to talk about where we fell in love with the guy. Does anybody remember when? You know, that's com- that's a uh, clouded area there. You might think it's when he knocked out Escondido or whatever his name is with that uppercut. No, it wasn't there. You know where we fell in love with him? We fell in love with him when Margar- uh, Madonna put him down. And then he came back in that 11th round and had Mar- uh, Madonna hurt. That's when we loved him because he, he let it all hang out. He was hurt. And he was hurt for the first time in front of everybody. And a lot of people curl up and cower, especially fighters like this. But he didn't. He went after him. He risked it all. And that's where we fell in love with him. But we haven't seen that since. What happened? 
that that go for it, that risk it all. Dog, it was so much gas left in the tank last night. You know, this guy never he never went for it. I mean, if you're going to take all these L's, at least fucking go for it. You know, and he doesn't even go for it. And I've always said it's PTSD. You know, he just he can't let them hands go because he's scared he might get rocked again. And in some, you know, in some people's mind, especially, you know, in the black culture, I'd go that far to say, you can't get knocked out. You definitely can't get knocked out now. You might can lose, but to get slept, oh, no, my nigga, we don't play that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, Ali ain't never get slept. Floyd ain't never get slept. Sugar Ray ain't never get slept. You know, none of the greats get slept. You know what I'm saying? So... I think that may have something to do with it. But once again, we're let down, man. Uh, his name should not be about billions. It should be A.D., and that's about disappointment because he does nothing but routinely, time after time, disappoint the hood. Now, don't call for us no motherfucking more. Pull on our heartstrings. No motherfucking more, man. I'm tired of this nigga. You know what I'm saying? I told y'all a week, a week ahead of time. He shouldn't even be on this platform. And then at the last minute, he got me. Willis said it's because I'm a good black man. Now, I feel like a fool. You know, the, the what's the definition of insane? To keep doing the same shit over and over. Well, goddammit, we all insane with this nigga then. We all could be labeled as insane. But I'm done, man. I'm on a tangent. But I'm telling you, I don't fuck, fuck that nigga. Hey, man, I'm done. I love it, man. I love it. I wish you could continue more. Like, I, I appreciate Damn! it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Willow, just follow up to that, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious, man. You know, AB does do that. He has that He has that connection that for some reason to us. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, JP said that he doesn't throw those punches. I mean, last night he did. When he got hurt, he sat in there like he always does. And he threw them things. And and you know who else does that? You know, RC's the guy, Danny Garcia, right? Broner and Danny Garcia, very similar type guys. Danny Garcia is probably Danny a little punches, better. Say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Danny's probably a little better because he throws punches. But as far as, like, skill level, these guys, you know, they aren't the best. As, well, you know, Broner does have speed. but You know what I'm saying? But just at that level of, you know, they're not the best, but what they do got is they got heart and they got a chin. And, you know, Broner, he he got us. He got us again. I'm not ashamed that he got us. You know, I don't think I feel like a fool because I believe, like I said, I believe Broner gave it his all in what. And what Broner thought, you know, with PTSD, I think what Broner thought, I think he was telling us the truth. What he thought was going to be letting it all hang out was he let it all hang out in training. You know, man, he had the best camp that he had in training. And and I think it's very disrespectful for a lot of people. You know, they're out there hating, you know, talking about he let the hood down. He didn't let the hood down because, you know, he came from the hood and now he's getting paid. And him, he's getting paid. They let Easter get paid. They let other guys get paid. They let all his other, other niggas from the hood get paid. So, you know. Broner, he got us. He let us down a little bit. But I'm not going to say that I'm, I feel bamboozled this time. This time, it's not that bad, man. 
It's not that bad, I don't think. He never even took – I mean, I'm sure at some point in the fight he came forward. But he never – you know, even the old Broner, even after Marcos Maidana, every now and again he had just let a four-piece go. And it would be that old A.B. again. You know, and you would be like, there he go, if he just keep doing that. He didn't even do that at all this fight. He's doing that less and less every fight. You know, that's what we loved about him. It was like, man, if you just keep doing that, you can see it. It wasn't even nothing to see here. <laughs> it wasn't Uh-oh, nothing to we see. We saw a lot of countering. He tried to counter. See, if you if you listen to his post, post-interview, post you can understand. He was like, man, uh, Manny was in that counter. So he was getting countered by Manny, so he didn't want to counter. He wanted to counter Manny. That's what he was trying to do. I can see what he was trying to do. You know, he was trying to counter, counter Manny and hit him with that Marquez sleeperoni. It never came. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what he was trying to do. That's what he was betting on, and it didn't work. But, I mean, I feel you. I feel your pain, especially because, you know, you, you were adamant about not doing it, and then, you know, at the last minute he got you. So I know I feel your pain. That's the worst pain when you're like, fuck it, I'm in there. And then that's like when you get to the crap table, you're like, fuck it, 300. Ah, snake eyes. That's the worst. That's a that's a bad feeling. So I understand it, but you know when you step back, Adrian did a. It was an all right performance. That was really one of the better performances of the real Adrian Broner. I mean, this is this is who he is. He's not going to throw a lot of punches. He really never did. Only on the little guys, the bigger guys, he ain't throwing that. He ain't throwing it like that. Even though Pacquiao was little, dude, Pacquiao was ripe for the taking. <clears throat> if this guy had just. Just just took a chance. Like, just said, fuck it. I'm going to go into the, into the area of the unknown where I don't – I can't control what happens in this, in this second of exchange. You know, I, I, I don't know what will happen here. See, that's, what's, that's what makes the greats. You know what I mean? That's what made Sugar Ray – Sugar Ray when the nigga went for it in the 11th against her. When uh you know Ali went for it against motherfucking um and I don't get mean to get all nostalgic and romantic and shit, but it's what separates these regular ass regular niggas from you know the real ones is that ability to enter that exchange where you know what I might go to sleep in this one, you know it's like you know you know what I'm gonna have to throw a four piece here and that's gonna leave me susceptible to shots. But you know what, and that's what really draws people to you that makes you, you know, a legend. And it's not all this careful, cautious shit. If you want to play that game, you got to be perfect. And Mayweather set this president that these fools been trying to follow, but it's, it's Mayweather was perfect. You can say, and see, that's, people ain't speaking on it. Like, you got this generation of people trying to be perfect. It's far better. It's far easier to be Ken Norton than it is to be, you know. Uh, it's far easier to be Gotti, Arturo Gotti, who just was courageous. Being perfect is not for everybody, man. But you got a lot of these clowns, you know. Broner, I think his problem is he's scared to get slept because he's scared of what people gonna say. Because you know the the standard Mayweather set out there was like we definitely. For one, you shouldn't be getting hit too much. Secondly, you definitely can't be getting put to sleep. But I believe if Broner would just let it happen, you know, he'd be endeared and loved because 
he's shown glimpses. We know it's there. The chin is there. The toughness is there. But if he would just let it go and let the chips fall where they may, he'd be all we need. And I don't mean him having to win every fight. It just means he could be our new Arturo Gotti. He can be he can be the people's champ. He has all that. He can maybe not ever be the greatest, but he could definitely be the people's champ. But he won't let it. He won't let it go, man. Yeah, man. Sounds like he still yeah. has JP. I mean, <laughs> JP's like that battered woman. He still got it. I see it in him. I see it in him. <laughs> A battered woman. <laughs> well, shit. If 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 that's the case, then I'm Nicole Simpson shit because I still I still rock with AB. I'm still I'm still. I believe in that kid, but he ain't gonna fool me in. I want my money back, man. He ain't fooling me into a pay per view like that again, bro. And the, the sad part about it is, my illegal cable was a little different this time, so I had to pay for the fight in full. So I, I don't have the opportunity to have a a seventy five percent discount on the pay per view, and seventy five is actually what I spent on it. So, um, you know, but JP does have a good point. I think AB is involved with the. Uh, uh, too much of what social media says. Um, obviously, he had an issue with with Bernstein and uh, put it on full display. But for me personally, if I had an issue with somebody like that and I wanted to let them know that I don't fuck with you and gang gang and all that shit, when I first arrived in Las Vegas, and I know he didn't just show up there on Thursday when that video uh, went a little mainstream. Uh, when I first seen Bernstein, I would have said that to him in person, you know? Um, no, I, I, obviously he wants to be a showman and things of that nature, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, got us a few times and I think JP makes a really good point about being afraid to be slept, being afraid to be a meme, being afraid to be, um, yeah, I, I I forget the name of the fucking song, but you guys know what I'm talking about when it's that dun 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 dun, and you, you know if he was walking backwards, stumbling or falling down or something, and it shows him traveling around the world and shit like that. You remember the Isaiah Thomas um, getting dunked on by LeBron? You know you had the mini miniature version of that going through Isaiah Thomas' tooth that fell out during the game. Uh, or when he was trying, it was when he was trying to jump when LeBron dunked on him, and they have the tall person grabbing the the tissues where the short person couldn't reach, and they had Isaiah Thomas like that. So it's like you know, I mean, people caught up in the social media realm in which it is, and you know that's the one thing that's kind of kept Bronner relevant um, and kept him that 800k plus view um, attraction in boxing. That's top three when it comes to the numbers-wise and viewership, um, the one thing that's keeping him afloat is the one thing that he's worried about the most. And JP makes a really good point there, man. I I think he's 100% right on that one because if you're afraid to be slept, you're afraid that you're going to be the laughingstock of of social media and things of that nature, you know? Not everybody is Vladi Divac. You can't just take all the laughing and foolishness when people thought that we were so stupid and trading DeMarcus Cousins for Buddy Heald. Ah, a wise man once told me, Willem, 
he who laughs last laughs loudest. But you said Janelle's with us, and I don't want to go on a tangent about the Sacramento scores. Uh, but let's take it to Janelle because Janelle was um, on the side of uh, pulling for Janelle or pulling for uh, for Broner and didn't pick Broner to win, which is uh, hedging his bets very safely. Janelle, what's going down, man? How are you feeling about Adrian Broner? Because uh, he let the hood down on God now. Well, I mean – We'll see the hood down because the hood was never really behind him like that. You know, I mean, you know, what I mean, the hood. Everybody in the hood always speaks down on him, so it's like, you know, what I mean, he's looked upon as a coon, so to speak. Rick Ross. It is what it is. Rick Ross was with him. G Herbo, Rick Ross. I'm saying that don't mean a lot of folks don't like Broner in the hood. Uh, Mexicans, Latinos, a lot of guys don't don't uh, 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 don't like Broner. Don't nobody care it about no Mexicans, man. I'm just saying a lot of folks don't like. A lot of minorities don't like Broner. Broner's, you know, see, I think we're tuning to Broner because Broner, okay, everybody wants to Broner get knocked out. It's why he pulls in so much of a view. I mean, guys just don't like him. It just is what it is. But to speak about what damaged Broner to his career, I remember JP was saying about how what made people fall in love with Broner. I don't think it was the Madonna fight, but the Madonna fight did ruin him in a sense. People a long time ago, when you're fighting for that old. It's always a different ball game when you're fighting for that O. And then when you suffer a loss, okay, now you know how to lose. In other words, I don't think Broner would ever want to go through that kind of hell again that you went through in that Madonna fight. You know what I'm saying? As I said before, man, the guy took a beat in that fight. I'm sure he woke up the next morning, his his ears were ringing, his, his vision was blurry. He felt completely lightheaded. I mean, the guy didn't know where he was at. It was quite hard getting out of bed the next morning. And the guy doesn't really want to go through that again. If you watch the Sean Porter fight, like, okay, you realize, okay, I'm going to suffer the loss. I'm just going to hold on for the last bell. I'm not going through that life and death again. After you suffer the life and death and you suffer a loss. It's just that as well as, like I said before, that Bruno also moved up way too fast. He should have stayed at 130 or 135 a little bit longer. At this point in Bruno's career, he should be going to 140. At this point, he should not be moved up to 140. But he moved up way too fast. He fought Madonna, got overpowered. You know, I mean, he, he, he got well overpowered, but he, but he still still a lot of heart, but he was just overpowered. And, again, it damaged him mentally as well. It's like, okay, he should have molded himself at the lighter weights before jumping up. If you look at all the great fighters, um, Oscar De La Hoya, he began his career at 130. He was way too big for 130, but he had to mold, it, uh, mold his, his, his talents and the skills. And Broner just didn't mold himself. He jumped up in weight. He figured, okay, I'm knocking out guys off of athleticism and powers. So I can go up and wait and do the same thing. And he got slapped in the face of reality when he fought Madonna. But if you look at guys like Jared Hurd, for instance, if you look at the fight, oh, the Laura fight, and every fight before, it was all arm punches he was throwing. But the guy was so much bigger than everybody, so much stronger than the guy that offers pressure alone, he's beating guys. But his last fight, he threw more leverage shots than he ever threw. In other words, I, I know the guy been working on that shit. And that guy's a damn light heavyweight fight at 154. If he began his career at light heavyweight, he would already have six losses under his belt right now. But he molded himself at the lighter weights, which a lot of guys do. Yeah, La Jolla did it. Um, Shane Mosley did it. Um, a lot of guys did it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? But then he moved up in weight uh, gra- uh, uh, gradually. If you look at Terrence Crawford, he, he was well too big for 135, but he molded himself. And now he's one of the best welterweights. If he began his career at welterweight, he think he'll be – on top of the boxing world right now, and Terry, 
and Hattance Crawford, I don't think I think he would have been up for losses already. But he molded himself, and Broner just you know, just didn't make that same. Uh, didn't go by the right way, and uh, I, I think what we see from Broner right now is what you can see for the rest of his career. It just is what it is. But I think those are the main <sighs> things that actually uh, damaged Broner's career. Yeah, no, most definitely, man. I'm with you, man. I, I'm with you on that, bro. It's uh, it's it's almost become an old cliche, you know what I'm saying? The way this shit goes down, uh, as somebody. I mean, it's a process. Um, it's a process. It's it's always no, a process. process is over. It ain't process. It's, no more. Well, process well, yeah, it's, process. it's over now. It's over now. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, in all combat sports, because one fight could do it. One fight could end someone's career, as you saw with the Metro Taylor uh, uh, Chavez first fight. Uh, Trinidad when he fought Vargas, Trinidad when he fought David Reed, he fought David Reed. Yeah. One fight could ruin your career, but if if not physically, psychologically, since psychologically, you know, not ready to pull a trigger the way he once did. You know what I'm saying, bro? <sighs> yeah. the way he once did. No, I see you, Jana. I see you, bro. It, it's just you know, it's it, uh, you know, the proof's in the pudding has been that way. But live on pay per view display, that shit was just you know. Um, you know, it, it was what it was. But hey, hang around with us because we got a whole lot to talk about, and we got uh, somebody who, whenever the whisper Adrian Broncos around, talks about no skills and things of that nature. Nah, I mean we know what's up. Uh, hey, Seattle sign. Let's take it to my guy in the Pacific Northwest. Um, one of the guys that I mainly disagree with about pretty much everything in in sports in general and things of that nature, and also a guy who believed in Patrick Mahomes to beat Tom Brady. How you doing, Seattle sign? Then you know stuff going on in uh, sports. You know, last night boxing, today football. You know, uh, you know. I mean, you know. Hey, you, you win some, you lose some. Nah, not at all. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes did beat Tom Brady, but D Ford no, beat Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so. Get out of here. Man, man, I, told you, I told you, Sam, this is when I judge quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know, I protect the quarterback shit, man. Help Tom Brady, too. Ah, you too, you Brady hater. You cut it out. No, yeah. no, nah, nah, Brady. You know, the Patriots are the Patriots, bro. <laughs> like, nobody's hating on the Patriots. But it's a fact that that guy, they, they caught an interception. It would have been an interception. Game would have been over. But dude was way offsides for whatever reason. When you know, when you got at, at the line of scrimmage, you can always point to the line judge to make sure you're not offsides. So what was he doing? That was the game right there. It gave them another opportunity. Yeah, and, you that, know, it is what it is. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but whatever. Hey. But you know, whatever, but. Uh, it don't matter. Well, but, from disappointment, from disappointment of that game for you goes into absolute joy of what you've seen yesterday from Adrian Broner's lackluster of a performance. Mister um, was self was you, no were the, joy. you were the only you were the only Neanderthal driving the bus of Adrian Broner having no skills um, early in the days when people had him as the heir apparent next Floyd Mayweather and nobody believed you myself. At on the grind boxing, I said this fucking guy is out of his goddamn mind. Let me call the show and make an appearance and turn into us having a friendship and uh, uh, a partnership 
uh, and things of that nature. So I'm glad it happened that way because if I never heard you talking as much shit about Broner as you did on OTG, I would have never went on the show before. And look at us now, 2019. I know you enjoyed that performance yesterday from your new guy, Manny Pacquiao, also a guy who you talked a lot of shit about back in the day. So uh, it must have been a conflicting fight for you to watch. Did you wince a lot for both sides of the performance? Uh, nah. I mean, you know, it was – I mean, you know, I wanted Broner to win, but I knew he wouldn't. I, I also knew that he knew he was about to lose, and he was just trying to hype up the fight. Um. I don't believe I was talking shit at the time back in the day. Just sometimes people don't want to hear the truth, you know. It wasn't like I was, like, you know, beating the drum that he had no skills. It was just brought up to me. And I was like, hey, yeah, by the way, Adrian Broner has no skills. And then people just went crazy, like, oh, how dare you talk about the next Floyd? And then it just, you know, <laughs> it just it's, and people was fanning the flames. And then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, for a while... Everywhere, you know, anytime Broner got brought up, it was, oh, you know, you said he had no skills and blah, you know. So it was something I had to always defend for whatever reason. But then, you know, over time, I mean, people kind of realized, like, wow, he actually was on to something there. And whether you want to admit it or not, I came out on top on that subject. But I'm not one of those people that likes credit, so I'm not going to really brag about it or anything. So, but, Yeah, right. Stop that. Oh, stop lying. Yeah, stop lying. Yeah, cut it but, out. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is, but as far as last night, I wanted Broner to win can't because, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, he's a younger guy, and, you know, by him winning, you know, potentially, uh, you know, getting a name like Pacquiao on your record, you know, you could, you could put that into other big fights moving forward, but... He just wasn't able to do what he always is not able to do, which is throw a lot of punches, and he tries to be a counter. See, this is the problem. When you try to be a counterpuncher, but you have below average timing, maybe even worse than that, like it's some of the worst timing in boxing, you know, you're going to struggle. You know, he was, doing, he was doing a lot of the same things he was trying to do against Porter, which was, you know, sit back and try to catch him with, you know, the hook coming in and, you know, and other shots, and they were just missing all night, you know, and he never was able to establish an offense, and then it was, I'll be honest with you, I, the fight, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think Pacquiao was doing a lot either, he was doing more, but, you know, besides a few shots that seemed to, you know, hurt Broner a little bit, I don't think he was that good a lot uh, either, I thought he was off balance a lot, I thought he was reaching a lot, you know, obviously he's not going to be as fast as he used to be, but he still had an okay speed, but not what he used to be. And, um, you know, Broner was making him, you know, miss a lot. You know, he just wasn't making him pay. And to me, by like the seventh, eighth round, that fight was hella boring to me. To me. Now, maybe you guys yeah. thought it was entertaining. No, I thought it was a very boring fight. No, I thought it was a very here, boring fight. I want fight. my fucking money back. You know? So, uh, like, I didn't come out of that fight thinking – oh, Pacquiao can, can bang with the young boys now. You know what I mean? Like, I think Porter beats him. I think uh, Thurman beats him. I think Spence beats him, who people keep saying there's potential of a Pacquiao-Spence fight later this year if, if you know, of course, Spence gets through Mikey and Pacquiao doesn't fight Floyd, which would be crazy. And I would actually gain a little bit of respect for Pacquiao if he actually took that fight. But we'll see about that. I don't think he could beat Crawford. 
And I don't think he could beat Mikey Garcia because the mistakes he was making in there against Broner, Mikey would capitalize on it and catch him with some shots, you know, and Mikey could punch. Mikey has great timing, man. So I, I would take Mikey over him too. But, you know, I mean, hey, they both got a payday. You know, it was a pay-per-view fight. You know, a lot of people uh, that I know watched it. So I think it's going to do a pretty decent number. And they move on to the next. Broner, I mean, about that, about that number real quick. What do you think about the uh, the your, your uh, predictions of pay-per-view sales? Because we talked about that last week. And I was somewhere in the ballpark of uh, uh, 350,000 plus, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think I think I think it's going to do around the same number as Wilder Fury, maybe even more, you know. But okay, that'd be All a right. decent number for that for that fight because of Pacquiao not being the same pay per view draw he used to be, and then this is the first time Broner being a headliner on a pay per view. So I don't think that's a bad number, but um, you know Broner, I just uh, I, I mean. He's got, what, four losses now. I think I got him for, like, seven, you know, but he's only got four on the record. That's all that matters. Uh, You know, like Jim Gray said, you know, three, three, and one, his last seven fights. I mean, mean, the the problem with that is I don't think he could. against Jim Gray. uh, I'm not sure about that. Jim Gray in his prime, I think, might be able to. uh, Stop it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but, no, I'm just playing. But um, Broner, you know. The thing, this is the thing with Broner, man, and I've been telling people for this for a while. Broner, you could say he's looked good in some fights since the Maidana fight, but there's not one fight you could say he looked great in. To me, that ain't no coincidence, you know? I think the combination of what he went through in that fight and the way he lives his life, he is on a faster decline than a normal, what, 28, 29-year-old guy is, fighter is, you know, I think I think the old the guy is an old 29 or whatever he is, you know, a very old version of that. Even and um, taking, it's just going to get worse. taking heavy damage like that. That's an interesting take. I'd call it a hot take. Yeah. I mean, how do you explain the performances then? Over and over and over and over. And, I mean, it's like, okay, I mean, you know, People had an excuse for, you know, one, you know, the Porter fight, and then it was an excuse for uh, the Mikey fight, so what, and then even fight no, no, that what he about won. The, uh, yo, son, what about the, uh, uh, the exception of the uh, final six rounds of the uh, Vargas fight? Because that looked like that guy that could be if he showed up. Like, as you say, quote-unquote, if he lets his hands go. You know what I'm saying? That, I think – that one is in the, the, the memory frame of people's what have you done for me lately business. And I think, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about I mean, that? But when we're talking about 12-round fights and we're talking about a portion of a 12-round fight, I mean, you're grasping for straws, you know what I'm saying? Unless, unless you said, oh, yeah. what about the six rounds in the fight and then, and then in that moment he actually stopped him or something like that. I'd be like, okay, that's true. Right, right, right. But okay. it was a fight where he was down early and came back and made it a little bit more competitive, but – you know, I thought Vargas won that fight, but some people had a draw. Some people even gave it to Broner, but it still wasn't a fight where I was like, wow, Broner this, Broner that. It's just, you know, um, it's just, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where he goes from here because he's fought a lot of the second tier guys already. And we know he's not going to want to fight like 
you know, Spence or Crawford. He's definitely ain't fighting Spence or Crawford. He's scared of Crawford. I mean, I don't care what anybody say. He's scared of that you man. You can't say that. And You don't know that. Oh, he's scared, bro. He's scared of that dude. Uh, you can't say Spence, that. Spence, there's a – it's like a healthy fear. You know, like it's a respect because of the nightmare he had in, you know, in the Olympic training facility years ago. So he's kind of like, you know, nah, I don't want to mess with that. And he's my friend, you know, or whatever. So that's why he's probably looking at him, though. But, you know, maybe maybe he would want to be a, you know, payday for, you know, Thurman, a second tune-up after this Josecito fight. Or or maybe, you know, maybe. I can see him fighting Amir Khan after Amir Khan gets left. Yeah, because Amir Khan would, you know, we all know Amir Khan just don't want to fight Kill Brook for whatever reason. We don't know why, but he'll 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 say after he gets knocked out by Crawford that I can go I can go and fight Adrian Broner right now, and whatever happens, I, the Kell Brook is still the fight is still there, you know, and that's what he's gonna keep doing <laughs> until he just never yeah, yeah. fights Kell Brook and retires. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's gonna be a gimmick forever. Yeah, so it, you know it's it's disappointing um, that a guy gets so many good opportunities and doesn't take advantage of any of them, you know. But uh, I'm not, all, but I'm not also surprised, you know. Um, I never was really high on Broner, you know. I do I do think he did a great job marketing himself, but he just didn't capitalize on that in the ring because at the end of the day, you could do all the, you know, um, you know, talking and this and that buffoonery and then but you have to have some performances like like McGregor for example for you know he he's on a losing streak and it's starting to catch up to him but early on you know he did have some good performances against top guys and then you know he had that little one-and-one with the DS guy but then but now it's like he's been losing like three fights in a row or whatever it was but um so he's he's uh you know, he's got to, at a certain point, even with a guy like him, he's got to start winning fights because people ain't going to take you seriously no more. And with Broner, it's like, uh, like Broner, it's funny because he's like this generation's Zab Judah. You know, when people would be like, oh, every time he steps up, he loses. It's like, that's the case with Broner. And the problem with Broner is like, he's only 29. And he's already had like four or five examples of that. And he could probably fight another five, six years. So, what, he's going to lose another ten fights? I mean, like, I mean, seriously? I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see about that. But, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, he could turn it around or in some sort of way. But he hasn't given me the evidence that he will. <sighs> yeah. No, man, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um, I agree with it. I think probably his best bet is to be cutting himself to 140 and uh, picking apart some of the guys in the bottom half or, or, or just uh, making a spectation of yourself with catch weights um, at guys at 143 or somewhere around that kind of a range. I think it's um, – yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough terrain moving forward for Adrian Groner. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the viewership looks like in his next fight because after this, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he could uh, do the buffoonery, as you say, and uh, captivate a certain audience and um, continue having pretty good viewership because, as I mentioned, you know, he's averaging about 800,000 plus uh, when it comes to viewership. And, you know, in boxing right now, uh, you know, it's Canelo. Uh, Wilder's definitely getting his name up there. AJ, um, well, AJ, I mean, shit, last fight he had 
um, that was displayed in America did like 200,000 views. And that's, that's Anthony Joshua. You know what I'm saying? So uh, viewership definitely um, is, is, is keeping him afloat um, as far as uh, the, 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 the mainstream things that he does and, and um, uh, a social media captivation that he has with people who keep him afloat. And as JP mentioned, that's probably the thing he's worried about the most is becoming a meme or anything like that with, uh, you know, planking like Pacquiao did against Marquez, which was Seattle Times' favorite moment in all boxing history. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's really – it's simple. It's, it's peanut butter. Poetic justice, jelly. man. It wasn't my favorite moment. It was just poetic justice. Stop that. You can't say that. That's, you know, you have no proof of that. So you can't say poetic justice. I remember, but why, man? Well, you know, looking but like. But is a, it uh, is it because he's still captivating, or do you think it might be that people are still, you know, you know, looking to watch his fights because they want to finally see him get stopped? You know what I mean? I think it's more. Cap- I think it's more captivating from the fact that he, you know, he chills with rappers. He'll be on Wildin' Out with Nick Cannon and shit like that. Like. You know he's he's in a mainstream public type of a type of, of a way. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. I get that kind of shit. You know, chilling with Kodak Black and and uh, you know Lil Dirk, all that stuff. I get it. I understand. That's the thing that's kept him afloat. I think that's more of where he gets his viewership from, uh, more so than people holding out hope beyond hope that maybe he'll pull it off. Maybe he'll finally let his hands go. You know that type of shit. So. I think it's more of that because, I mean, um, if you look at the Internet world right now, you know, you got the Cash Me Outside girl who just signed a nine hundred or a 900000 makeup deal. Like, uh, I mean, shit like that. So, I mean, the Internet is a crazy motherfucker the way things are. Um, you know, um, Jake or Logan Paul, like that guy who had his little nonsense fight on YouTube, like <laughs> having more success than any boxer did last year. Like, the Internet's a crazy place, man. So I think that's the only thing that's keeping Adrian Broner afloat. And that, as JP mentioned, is the one thing that he's most afraid of is becoming one of those guys that the Internet makes a meme out of and um, and roasts and things of that nature. But shit, it was what it was. Um, I, I, have no, uh, I have no ammo in my clip for Adrian Broner anymore. My shit's empty. You know what I'm saying? And that's my boy. I'm going to still pull for him in his next fight, but God damn it. I want my money back. Shit. $75 goddamn dollars. I don't remember the last time I spent that much money. He's bragging about well, it, too. He's bragging about it, too. You know, he's like, I've been spending $20 on fights for the last fucking six, seven years. $20 for paying No, but I'm fights. saying he's bragging about it, AB. He's, like, talking about how he's counting all this money now. It's like, oh, man, he's pulled the heist on y'all, man. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen on his Instagram. He's talking about going spending some of these M's that he made, you know. <laughs> so, hey, if it was a money grab, enjoy it and spend it well, young brother. I was just worried more so about him last night sucker punching somebody for no fucking reason like he did in Vegas those years back. Um, but it seems like he got his head on. I was worried a little bit for Jim Gray, man. I was a, a little bit. As it was going happening live because he was he was hyped up, you know, and then, and then Jim Gray came at him Ronald like, not hit him, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe some type of physical altercation, but, you know, because, you know, I'll, you know, Jim Gray, he kind of comes at people kind of, you know, you can go back and look, you know, in the past, oh, how yeah. he comes at certain people. 
So he said sideways when Jim Gay walked over to him, I was like, and then he said, you know, if you're not going to keep this professional, we're not having this. And then, and then Broner said a couple things, and then he said like, oh, I already know you're up against me. And I was like, uh oh, I was like worried something was about to happen. I was ready to be like three, two, one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it not happening, but then it, it didn't happen. He just kind of walked off. Yeah. But I was like, A B man, don't 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 you know lose a bunch of money no. or uh, get a lawsuit yeah. over Jim Gray, man. You know, yeah. even though Most I think definitely. he's crazy, he thought he won the fight, which is a whole different discussion. That he really was trying to act like he won the fight. But don't, really don't get into it with Jim Gray, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, Jim Gray's a legendary guy in what he does in his profession. And uh, he used to work for the Sacramento Kings back in uh, 2015, I think. So he is always the sideline reporter for SAC. And, uh, I mean, he does say that sideways shit that will get under somebody's skin. Um, but he knows how Adrian operates and things of that nature. But, um, you know, Willa, any any um, comments you have on some of the uh, – um, objective views of, of Seattle Simon uh, about Adrian's performance before we move on to the next topic. I mean, no, there's nothing really to argue, you know. Broner went out there and didn't throw any punches like he usually does. It's uh, You know, but I would have to agree with you that, you know, in 2019, you don't have to be the best at anything to be popular. And A.B. is in that popular realm you know like pop rap i mean you know what yep. i'm saying like he's in that popular realm so he'll always as long as he doesn't i think he thinks as long as he doesn't get slept he might be able to stay around there i'm not mad that he's counting his millions i mean that's we knew i knew he was going to be counting his millions when i paid the money to see it so i ain't tripping yeah uh yeah we'll see some people say that you know you, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds and uh you know, Adrian's uh, comments about Bob Arum offering two men to fight Pacquiao saying fuck you at his press conference was a little disingenuous for me, um, even though I enjoy that kind of stuff. I didn't enjoy that one. That was a little disingenuous. But, you know, at the same time, if I was to use a Forrest Gump type of a, a phrase for Adrian Broner, uh, Adrian Broner press conferences are a lot like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So... You know, we got what we got, and it was what it was. Moving forward, like I said, um, <clears throat> you have white girls on the Internet saying that they went on the, uh, what is it? The, I, I can't remember what it's called, but you look up your, your, your bloodline and things like that and saying that she's black, being woke, Vicky, and, and, and um, everybody who's um, a popular figure because of the Internet. You know, the fucking neck guy. A guy had a mugshot with a white ass neck. Got <laughs> got rap videos out and shit like that. It's a fucking joke, man. Uh, it, it's crazy. I'm <sighs> I worry about the future for sure because of this stupid shit. But Adrian Broner's in that room. Normally, a guy who doesn't perform the way he hasn't performed uh, against Marcos Maidana, against Sean Porter, against Mikey Garcia, against Manny Pacquiao last night in the What Have You Done for Me Lately room, you get thrown in the back burner. Nobody's going to pay attention to you. Um, a lot of people thought that this fight being a, uh, on pay-per-view is a joke in itself. Um, I'm not going to argue that, <laughs> you know. Um, I get that Pacquiao has a big following and Bronner has uh, a following himself, but, you know, got to gotta move on from that shit because 
uh, Wilder Fury was a good pay-per-view. But even uh, um, something that I'm going to segue to right now will uh, be a, which, which, which could be a really great pay-per-view, but uh, will be on The Zone, Willa, and everybody listening right now. We got to talk about this. I don't like Canelo Alvarez at all. I don't like the way he conducts himself. I don't like the way he cheated in the sport with Clembuterol. I don't like the way he cheated on his wife. And I don't like the way he probably cheats on his taxes. That's just me. I'm a normal guy, a regular humanitarian who likes things done the right way. That's just me. But I was going to get to the Badu Jack fight before this, but um, I think it's worthy of um, second-tier news on the what of your uh, what happened this weekend, pay-per-view news, being that Danny Jacobs, my guy, stand-up American, the, 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 the common man, Danny Jacobs, the miracle man, knew what he had to do in beating Dervachenko, getting the title, and holding that one, dangling it in front of Canelo Alvarez, like, you want to be a unified champion? You're going to need this accepted Canelo, not Jacobs. You know, Jacobs want to get that. Canelo accepted the challenge of Danny Jacobs, the miracle man, in a fight going down on Cinco de Mayo, which I will most likely be at because that's a real fight to go to. Not the fucking Spence Garcia fucking circus show. That's trash. I don't care about that. It's a joke. As much as I want to Mikey Garcia lose all these years, I'm lightweight becoming a Mikey Garcia fan for him in this fight for the uh, uh, simple fact that I'm showing sympathy for the guy, daring to be great. But who cares about that? This is Canelo Jacobs being put on the line this week and being solidified for the May 4th fight coming up. And I, for one, Willa, am very surprised that they would take the challenge of um, of taking this fight with Danny Jacobs. And now, I mean, <clears throat> did they wait a little bit for him to slow down? Because in, in uh, his performance against Luis Arias, uh, his performance against uh, Dervichenko, his performance against, uh, I guess I can't say Golovkin because he looked good in the last six rounds. And, uh, you know, Ever since that fight, they waited a little bit to get a guy like Danny Jacobs. Now, uh, the the question in Jacobs' chin shit's out the window. That shit's done. People who, you know, seen him get knocked down and 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 question that, I think he proved that against Golovkin. Um, in which a fight, <clears throat> you and Seattle Simon were at, and Janelle. You guys were all there. So you guys seen it live. Now, they have a rehydration clause that Seattle Sun sent me a link to earlier today, or it might have been yesterday. It was yesterday, I think, because today I was just I was out of it. Um, but a rehydration clause is in this one with Danny Jacobs. And what I think is, um, you know, the day that Jacobs fought Golovkin, he did not weigh in. Um, the second or the day of the fight because he was obviously very heavy. He was believing the myth 
that Golovkin was a dangerous puncher and found out otherwise. Uh, anyways, long story short, I'm surprised Canelo and Golden Boy and Oscar Fishnet De La Hoya accepted a fight with Daniel Jacobs. Willa, I kind of respect Canelo a little bit for for this challenge against Danny Jacobs. I just want him to get a fair shake, a fair shake if it goes 12. Because if not, I don't know. It's going to... It's going to be a deep, deep cut for me and, you know, will not help me out with this one with Canelo Alvarez, even though we know the way it is. Wouldn't be surprised to see Adelina Bird uh, being one of the judges for this fight moving forward. So, Willa, your guy Canelo Alvarez and Danny Jacobs. I know you got to look at this one pretty hyper because you're, you're a Canelo guy and you really don't like Danny Jacobs for some odd reason I can't figure out. But how are you feeling about that news being broke? Because I think it's a big deal. The face of boxing – against the heart of Brooklyn, Danny Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, you're surprised. I mean, why are you surprised? We talking about Danny Jacobs? Jacobs? The guy that went, we talk about the guy that went split decision with Devin Chico? We talking about a guy that went 12 rounds with Selecki? Went 12 rounds with Arias? Arias? Or whatever his name is? All huh? credible opponents, man. Jacobs? Jacobs, we talk about a guy that's been asleep. We talk about a guy that got knocked out by uh, pig rods back in the day. Man, I rock. I mean, I mean, Danny Jacobs, that's who we talking about. I mean, come on, man, Canelo, you surprised? Like, come on, man, we all knew Canelo ain't scared of nobody in the game right now. He's sleeping <laughs> all contenders. Just, hey, just know that, man. This is nothing we should be surprised about. We know Canelo's been fighting the top-notch guys, and he always fights top, top-notch guys, uh, guys. Canelo has, besides Manny Pacquiao, who's 40 years old, Canelo might have the best um, the best resume in the game right now. You know what I'm saying? It's impossible to beat Canelo on the cards. It's impossible to beat him on the cards, man. Cut that boy. Exactly. about that. Hey, it sounds good. It all it sounds good and all, but we know right. Lord is giving more chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they all took the mails, man. So you know, hey, I'm not surprised. That nigga got you a know. card against Mayweather. He got a card. He got against a draw. Mayweather. What was it? One eleven. One seventeen or a draw. One eleven. He boxed his Yeah, no, I think that hey, was a draw. Right? One of them had it a draw. I don't think nobody gave. I, I don't think it was given to Canelo. But it might have been. I don't think – I cannot imagine a universe where if you do not knock Canelo out, Danny Jacobs wins that fight. I just can't see it. He'd have to beat yeah, him I'm so badly and so clearly that it'd just have to be like uh, – like And that would complete, never happen. And that won't happen to the margin where – it couldn't happen to the margin where it need to happen. So that said, man, you not beating Canelo on no fucking cards. That nigga gambit with the cards, man. That nigga like a magician <laughs> with the motherfucking cards. <laughs> He's gambit on the cards. That's why I can't stand Canelo. Like, I don't care, man. I don't care. I don't. I don't like that shit, bro. I, I, I'm a fair shake kind of person. I would never do something different to nobody that I would do have done for myself. But I, I agree with it, man. I mean, Willie, you. I know you're over here giving me the Bobby the Brain Heenan or the Paul Heyman. 
I'm the advocate for Canelo Alvarez. Man, he's cool. I got no I got no problem with him as some of the things he says. He sounds like a stand-up guy who wants to, you know, be great and all this good shit like that. But at the end of the day, he's fucking with a, a piece of shit like Oscar De La Hoya who's running his career. And I was, I, I mean, you're talking about surprise. I thought that after his fight with, with Rocky fucking Fielding, I thought he was going to try and fight another scrub at, at, <laughs> at super middleweight. Like, I didn't expect him to come down and, and, and to Jacob's neighborhood and really try that. I thought that he was going to have some fun moving around weight and 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 uh, um, beating up some more scrubs like Rocky, which I, I, I told well, you that. Hey, that's, exactly where, I was go back. that's where you were wrong. I mean, that is what it is. That's where you were wrong, and it's just, you know, it's just surprising that, a, you know, a guy with a lot of boxing knowledge as yourself would be surprised that Canelo's looking for that easy work. So, you know, Jacobs is out Easy here. work. He's, he, he's, long, he's long in the tooth, and he's going to get work. And, and, and Canelo is smart for not letting him try to uh, rehydrate and get way bigger than Canelo. You know, Canelo's definitely going to be the smaller man, but when you're the A-side, Even you make sure things weigh in your favor. Yeah, he's scared, okay, man. It's okay. Your boy's scared. You the midget is scared. It's okay, man. How is he, he says, just say, how is he scared if for he's what fighting? It is. Your boy's scared. That makes no sense. How is he scared if he's fighting? You know what I'm because, saying? Because, hey. How is he hey, scared if, he, is he, I, if they're fighting? very simple. It's very simple. You fought at 168 your last fight, right? The fight you bragged about. Oh, he's getting another belt. Oh, three weight classes, four <laughs> weight classes, whatever weight class it was, right? So he just uh-huh. fought at 168 right, right. pounds. Do you honestly think he fought the next night at 168 pounds? Or do you think he rehydrated overnight? No, he, he rehydrated. He was probably a little low. Okay, so that, well, that means he rehydrated over 170 today? pounds. Yeah, okay, so that means he, he rehydrated over 170 pounds on fight night. So uh-huh. for some reason, you want to make Jacobs weigh 170 the next morning, 170 or under. What's the big deal? You just fought at 168. You're the one that bragged about that fight. Oh, another belt. Exactly. You know, he's getting belts and this and that. So what's the big deal? What's, because, big, what's the big deal, redheaded midget? I thought you were strong. You do what you do. You do what you do to win, dog. I mean, if you can make because he's scared. If you can make a it's okay. Like There's that, nothing wrong with it. He's scared. Like, I don't know how you make how you make a fight and you're scared. That's what I don't understand. I don't know how you do that. You just think the, Dude, the, the have you the, have you not been the, reading around? He he was just not. I'm not gonna say he was like forced to fight Jacobs, but he was forced to take a big fight in this fight. He wasn't gonna be. They were not gonna let him take a. David Lemieux or somebody like that. Uh, it was by the zone. zone. Paid him a whole lot of money yeah. to fight Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. So this wasn't so. This wasn't a situation where he got up one morning and said, "You know what? I'm fighting Danny Jacobs." No, it didn't go down like that. The zone Cause pretty much put it put it laid the laid the you know laid the situation down to him and said, "Hey, you're gonna have to make a fight, man, a big fight." And Jacobs was probably one of maybe one or two names. You know, probably between Jacobs and Golo- or Golovkin, but he probably don't want to fight Golovkin no more because, you know, he got the W and probably just three, fighting a guy three times in a row. That's just weird. I mean, that's that's so weird to me when the 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 division is stacked. But you know, he took the fight. Like they said, they had to pay him a lot of money to make the fight, and he's asking for things he he's never really asked before to other guys. So he's scared. It's okay, but we'll see how he performs on fight night. 
Hey, but one thing, though, I feel like Danny Jacobs beat, like, no matter what the box rec says, Danny Jacobs beat a better Golovkin than I feel that beat Canelo two times. Danny Jacobs beat should be a, a two-year-ago Golovkin, whereas Canelo, in my estimation, lost two times in a row to today's Golovkin. So I think that Danny Jacobs can beat Canelo, but he just won't beat him on the cards, period. That's just all that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, we know know what time it is with that. We can go through the whole timeline from from him, all of a sudden he's fighting Austin Trout, and then midway through the fight they, they announce that it's open scoring, and we're like, open scoring? What's going on here? You know? The questionable shit. situations going on there. Then we you know about it. the Floyd it's situation. We know about the wide scorecards in the Cotto. Even though I thought he beat Cotto, those scorecards were crazy wide. Gave then Cotto that work. And the Laura fight. We know about the Laura fight. You know, and on and on and on. What we, happened we, there? We, 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 we do the whole situation. We know what happened with Laura. We know he lost that fight. But but here's but the but my point I'm trying to say is, in none of those fights did he all of a sudden ask for this type of thing because this is the thing about Canelo. Canelo gains a lot of weight after um, you know the weigh-in. He gets you know big even when he was at one when he was fighting at Canelo weight he'd get up to 170 or whatever. So but now all of a sudden you want to cap put a cap on Jacobs's weight. You know, because you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think he wanted to fight, man. And he, you know, he's a small dude. He don't really hit that hard, like people think he does. He's just a redheaded, you know, drug cheat. And um, he knows, man, that <laughs> yeah. he's got to get every advantage he wants because, you know, he's about, he's about. I know this. This is all I know, man. He's about to get hit the most he's ever been hit in his life. He's gonna get hit the hardest he's ever been hit in his life. So, we'll see how he takes it. That's a great point, man. That's a great point. We'll definitely see how he can uh, adapt to this one. Because, hey, he, he took the fight, and um, uh, like you said, I don't think he woke up out of bed and said, you know what, I'm going to fight Danny Jacobs today. I'm going to dare to be great. No, it, it kind of was uh, brought upon oh, yeah. the way it was. And uh, I think it'll be interesting. But, Will, are you calling the easy work now? Oh, you know, you got to keep your words soft and sweet, my man, because you might have to eat them. I don't know. Hey, I'm not worried about that. You know, I'm not worried at all. Canelo is the real deal, and he'll prove he'll prove that. I mean, they're gonna fight, and you know, there's a reason why guys get choose I mean, different gloves. It, man. Why guys? Why guys? Why guys use different type of gloves? Why guys fight guys at certain weights? Why guys do certain things? You know what I'm saying? That's not because they're scared, but it's because they just want to make the playing fields a little better, uh, even. They, they want to make them even or, you know, a little better for their direction if they can. That's what's called being the A-side. So when Danny Jacobs becomes the A-side, when, when he isn't when he isn't going 12 rounds with guys like Ariza and Selinsky or whatever the hell this guy is, guy's name is, when he's not doing that, man, then Canelo maybe he'll be able to call Hatton's the shot. Brother, man. Don't get me started. You boy can hey, even stop Hatton hey. first. Stop it. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, Floyd couldn't stop a lot of people also, but he's still the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? It sounds but, good but, enough. But, but see, I, that hey, what you got, want to bring up now, Jacobs didn't stop nobody. But when Canelo exactly. didn't stop it's all right. Hey, it's a double standard right there, man. Hey, double standard. Hey, I'm, we're, we're stopping guys like uh, Selinsky 
you know, uh, you know, Monica Lewinsky's brother. Now, who, who is, who, you know what I'm saying? Hey, Man, he, he stopped a dude that got stopped already in one round. Don't brag about that. Callum Smith already took, Callum Smith already softened up uh, uh, Rocky Fielding for Canelo. So I'm not impressed. He got stopped in one round by Callum Smith. So what, you, what are we talking about here, man? What are we talking just, about here, man? The boy's a small dude, and he knows Jacobs ain't no small dude. That's why he's trying to put a right. cap on the weight. But it's not going to matter. It better, it better work both fucking ways, too. It better work both fucking hey. ways. He can't just have him not cap. He, he can't have him with a ceiling uh, as far as weight goes. When we damn, know, we damn sure know Canelo likes to get up in the weight. That's why I say play around at weight class. Even when he was 150, uh, 154, playing around at weight class, at like Canelo weighed at 155, like, you know, uh, 160, and then with Rocky Field and at 168, like, he, <laughs> come on, man, we know this guy gets to, like, 170. He's damn near a light heavyweight uh, when he gets in the ring. So that shit better work both ways. This can't just be a cap on Jacobs, man. Yeah, hopefully it yeah, is. Yeah, man, man. And but, this is oh, the thing. The boxing hey, we, circles, they speak, man. That's when people... You know, people talk, man. The gyms, you know, you go to gyms, you go whatever. So it's a a very small community. So I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, they're asking for this now. Jacobs Golovkin happens, you know, whatever you think happens about the fight, happens in that fight. It was a close fight, whatever you want to call it. But, and, you know, but controversial. But after that, all of a sudden, Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya, came to the table and said, let's do the fight. I remember hearing interviews with De La Hoya after that fight, and he was like, they, they were asking about, you know, Golovkin's weaknesses and stuff. He's like, oh, he can't take it to the body. He can't take it. Well, how would you know that? Nobody really went to his body until Jacobs. And then, you know, if Ward got around, you know, amongst us and everything, like, oh, man, you know, man, them ribs got barbecued. You don't think Golden Boy heard about that? So, come on. And, you know, Jacobs was, I guess, big in the ring, but Jacobs is always big in the ring. All of a sudden, it was a big deal when he fought Triple G. But when Floyd was fighting bigger guys all the time, nobody cared. But because he 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 fought he fought the Darling, the Darling fought a big guy and got hurt a little bit. Oh, oh poor Triple G got hurt a little bit. <laughs> you know, people got sad. Okay, it happens. It's a fight. You're gonna get hurt. Then they they wanted all of a sudden they wanted to start making the fight with Triple G because they knew he was softened up. They knew he was. They knew they they could expose certain things about him. Now that Canelo is facing a guy like Jacobs, they want to make sure, oh, no, you ain't going to be big like that because we ain't trying to get barbecued also. So we ain't fooling, you ain't fooling me, Golden Boy. I know what's going on. You scared? And we'll see if it works. May 4th. Hey, RC, we got a, uh, we got a caller. If you want to go to the caller, been holding on. See what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Where, let's go. Yeah, let's see what they're on there. 404. Yeah, 404. You're on the outside podcast. We're talking about a, a whole lot of Canelo, uh, Jacobs, and uh, if you want to touch on the Broner fight that just happened, talk to us, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, coming to the Broner fight, you know, uh, if you watch him, I mean, if you look at it, you know, the guy got the skills. Got the speed. He probably, he probably, his punching powers. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, the best, but it, it's still enough. But um, the guy just came in, thought he won the fight, and I think I heard somebody say that he's a, like a, a pop artist, like he's a fan favorite. He just do it for the hype. Uh, that's exactly what he showed last night. 
And he's been showing that every time he fight a big name to put himself on that upper echelon of, of boxers, he don't show up. He don't get it done. So, you know, it was it, it was a disappointment. I had Pacquiao winning anyway coming into the fight. I was already saying uh, Pacquiao was going to win because I figured Broner was going to come in and play around and not get the job done, and he did exactly that. But, you know, it, it, it was disappointing for me to see that because I, I hate to see a person waste talent like that. And not only that, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure not only that, man. Uh, uh, Martin Luther King week and all that, like you know, uh, yeah, yeah. man, that, it was very. <laughs> you know, that's that's yeah, yeah, that's a big part of man. It's Martin Luther King. You come in and then you you're talking all this nigga crap. You're talking all this stuff. You come up and do what a nigga. You don't show up. You wanted your you, you wanted the words to make make the fight happen for you, man. No, you have to get in there and bang with this guy. And he had his opportunity. I mean, if you look at the fight, Pacquiao, even though he showed some good speed for that age, he was off balance a lot that whole that that fight. You know, Pacquiao, his footwork, you know, kind of made him who, who he was, along with the power and the speed. But his footwork is something that Pacquiao, you, you know, used to kill people with the angles he can create. But he was launching last night. He was off balance a lot of times, which which uh, if if Broner is on the upper echelon, he'll catch him. He would have called him more, but you know he didn't. He didn't put his hands to work. On Martin Luther King weekend, you showed up and showed 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 that you was a chump. Don't like him. Don't respect him. You need to put the gloves down, man. I hate it for the people who paid to watch that guy. Sucks. Oh man, no, I feel you. I feel you. I, I was I was telling my girl, amen, amen. <laughs> And that's oh, an amen that's... from my man from Seattle, man. Like, you know, um, it, it, it really gets frustrating when you add on the fact of uh, of um, it being on Martin Luther King week and, and to come out that lackluster. Yeah, I mean, it's going to look like when, when, when Denzel um, on training day was at the hood talking to everybody all crazy. Talking about you motherfuckers would be, you know, <laughs> you know, Pelican uh, Day was walking away from him. Like <laughs> Janelle sent me the link to that one. I was dying laughing. Um, <laughs> but no, it is frustrating and it sucks. Like because you know, um, it, at the end of the day, it's a fight game. There's no point spread being given. There's no, uh, you know, um, a referees blowing a call. This is steak and potatoes. This is uh, getting in there and seeing if you could beat a guy with your hands or not. You know, this ain't MMA or nothing right. like that. This is testing heart and everything. So, uh, Caller, where are you coming from, my man? I, I, I noticed the action, and then you're talking about um, the, the Martin Luther King week. Uh, where are you from, Caller? Hey, I'm from Bama. I just moved out. I stay in Hampton now, uh, out here in Cali. Uh, been out here a couple months. You know who this is, That's boy. A- Oh boy, you know what <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Bama, okay, that, I got you, man. That Broner, yeah, that Broner, man. I don't, you know what? Whatever with that cat, yo. <laughs> whatever with that cat. He's a disappointment. Now this Dana Jacobs and Canelo fight y'all talking about coming up May fourth. Now that's gonna be a better fight than I think a lot of people understand. Dana Jacobs. Dana Jacobs is a top tier boxer. The skills. I, I know uh, you say he, he, you know, the decision probably gonna go Canelo away, but I, I'm, I ain't sure about that. Uh, Danny Jacobs, 
The boy, the boy is bad. The boy, the boy is bad. Yeah, he got knocked out a long time ago, but you know, he beat Kelsey, so he came back. He he look he he's been looking strong in every fight. I I like Jacobs in that fight. I got Jacobs beating Canelo. I'm with you, man. I like that. I like that. I just I just hope he gets a fair shake when it comes to the judges. You know what I'm saying? But. Uh, but Bama man, thanks for coming on with us, man. You got to rock with us time and time again. We'll be here Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, we got to get out of here at the top of the hour, coming at nine o'clock Cali time. So we got ten minutes to wrap this one up. Um, any thoughts that you got, real quick, before you get out of here uh, about the football games that just happened? Because I came on the show super hyped, talking about Tom Brady and going against the Los Angeles Rams um, in the Super Bowl coming up. Any thoughts on that one before you get clock out? Oh, that's 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 a tough call. Uh, um, as far as the Rams defense, if that defensive line can make uh, Brady move from the spot, even though Brady this year to me he's moving around a little more than he did usually, uh, that defensive line gonna have to be on point because I, I don't think they I don't think the secondary good enough to deal with Brady. Accuracy, um, uh, the, the game plan, the Patriots gonna blow uh, bring in. I don't think the Rams should have been there. First of all, I got to say this: they got the Saints got robbed today. They got robbed today. How was that not a pass interference? In what world is that not pass interference? Rob, right before the end of the fourth quarter, on the little swing pass out there on the sideline, quarterback clearly made contact. Was not looking for the ball. The ball was catchable. Took the man out. The ball hadn't even made it yet. Matter of fact, after he hit him, the ball hit the cornerback in the back. How was that not a pass interference? You know, I think they got robbed. But uh, if I have to put my 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 money on the uh, on anybody for that Super Bowl, the Patriots are gonna take that. I don't think the Rams. I don't think they old enough to win a, that type game yet. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, brother. Good shit, Bama. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. We. We got we got folks from from Houston, Seattle, all the way to New York. So we're doing big things over here. Glad to have a uh, glad to have Alabama folk come on here with us and podcast, man. Thanks for coming on, man. You got to join us again, man. I mean, you you ain't got to go. We go, we gonna wrap up this thing right now. I got nine minutes here before the you know the the blog talk radio kicks us off and has some other shit going. So, I mean, I'm going to wrap it up with the football talk because Will has got to go wash dishes or something like that. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, speaking of Will, my guy, the motherfucker made me spend almost $50 on a goddamn sweater because he was um, saying you ain't a, a real fan if you don't help support Michaela Mayer and uh, the boxing career she got going on right now. So, rocking minds right now, feeling a little bad about it, but um, whatever. It's okay. You got me on this one, Willa. I'll get you back another time. Your day coming. Your day coming. But, hey, uh, you got me right now. Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, you got me on that, Will. But you know what? I got mentioned in the story of one Michaela Mayer today, and I was pretty happy about that. So it all worked out one way or another. We had a little conversation earlier today, and it's all good. Um, but Janelle, Syme left us. JP left us. I don't know if Bama left us or not, but Willa left us. It's just me and you. So this is the 
this is the the RC and Janelle. Well, let me speak so, on the football games. Yeah, yeah. Bring up. I want to hear it. Tell me. Well, I mean, I think the Chiefs got robbed too, man. I think Tom Brady, man, he benefited behind this whole protected quarterback league. That so-called uh, uh, roughing, the roughing the passer. Bro. They he hit Brady hard on his chest. He didn't even touch him in the face. We talking about? He didn't even touch him. He didn't even touch him. Oh, he slapped his chest super hard, bro. That's 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 roughing the passer if I ever seen one. No, nah, that was one of them. Uh, what play was the one that they um? I, I I forgot what job it was, but the one that basically they need to fucking fucking get in the game. And then the replay showed it. He didn't even hit Tom Brady at all in the face. The whole protected quarterback shit is ridiculous, man. That's what. El Tom Brady benefit behind that shit a lot, man, throughout his career. And this whole protected quarterback league is crazy. But I, I, I think they were more so um, – I'm also Bill Belichick is a hell of a coach. You got to give him props for that also. But you know I'm saying – but nevertheless, I think Kansas hell City basically got fucking, fucked up. Hell of a coach. His defense gave up 24 fucking points in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady had to save his bacon again. Brady saved his ass. Oh, fucking Belichick. And Belichick's lucky. I won't put it on, on, that, fourth, on, that, on that fourth down call no, that they gave no, no. to the running back. You got to let Brady sneak that, man. Belichick is just such a Brady hater. He's out to get him. He wants Brady to be gone, that he tries to put the ball in someone else's hands, and you know what happened there. Belichick, man, I don't know about that. I think he's a little overrated personally because, you know, he's got Tom Brady that fell out of the heavens and saved his bacon time and time again. You sound like a Brady hater right now, Janelle, and I don't like it. Like the Patriots, huh? I mean, I ain't gonna lie about it, but I, I ain't no Brady hater. I'm just well, saying, I, I, I think he benefited by him. You know what, though? I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you because you are from New York, and New York don't fuck with Boston. So I'm with you. I get, I, I got you, bro. You, you good. No, no. I got sisters in Boston. It is what it is. I'm just saying, I think I think the whole protected quarterback shit got, I mean, that shit actually benefited Brady a lot throughout his career, actually. I can name, you know what I'm saying? But also another thing, also that 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 they didn't apply enough pressure to Tom Brady as well, though. But we, but even when they did, man, it was always some bullshit call. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I really wanted to see Kansas City win. I'm kind of tired of seeing the Patriots in there, and I think Mahomes got a fucking jerk. I was really looking forward to seeing like a rookie in the Super Bowl, and a rookie even had a chance to even win the Super Bowl. Cause I'm, I, I mean, the kid played a hell of a game. In that second half, that was phenomenal for a rookie to do some well, shit like that. And well, I was no, he's not a rookie, Janelle. You know, he's a second year player, but it's his first year starter. So. I, I, I mean, I, well, it, I mean, no, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I, I know what you mean. I know, I know what you mean. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean, hey, hell of a season for Mahomes, man. You know, I give it to him, but um, you know, just like the first game they played the Patriots, he made mistakes and didn't capitalize on the first half, even though he had a tremendous second half. So, uh, a learning process and a curve for. Patrick Mahomes. I don't like the kid for the simple fact that everyone's giving him such high praise, but when you talk about the weapons he had this year, I mean, he Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, um, he's had a lot of weapons, man. I don't know if he's that good as people say, or he's just benefited weapons that he was surrounded by. I've seen some passes, some escapes he made, man. It was phenomenal. It was actually phenomenal to watch. A lot of the escapes he made that sidearm throw he threw when the game uh, 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 on that thing safety blitzed him. Oh yeah, he's definitely talented. And he threw the sidearm pass. So, Janelle, give me an early uh, early Super Bowl prediction. Now we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl two weeks from now on the show, and uh, you know it, it it might change at that point in time. But as of right now, on the the twentieth of January, 
Give me an early Super Bowl prediction from Janelle Parker. Well, I mean, the Patriots are going to win on a bunch of bullshit calls. I mean, they're going to win it, but I'm going for the Rams, but I don't see, I, I don't see the Rams pulling out. I really see the, the fucking Patriots winning. I mean, the Patriots is like the Canelo, it's like the Canelo Alvarez, man. <laughs> the Canelo Alvarez, man. It's always don't, in their favor. Don't do that. You're it's always in their favor, man. The Patriots, man. <laughs> nah, man, that's a fact, all right, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got you, bro. I got you. But, you know, uh, we got three minutes before we get out of here. Um, uh, about the Badu Jack fight, did you see the, the, the gash that he had on top of his head? Oh, man. Anybody giving, are you ever worried that's about anybody definition. giving you a knee or a kick or something like that? Because that shit was nasty. That's true definition of getting your wig split. That's the definition yeah. of getting your wig split. Yeah. But I, yeah. that shit was a nasty, right that shit was nasty that. gas, man. It I think it kind of cheated us out of a better fight, too. I think it would have been a much better fight had that uh, a cut would have happened because, of course, it it interfered the guy's uh, uh, sight and stuff. So I think we could have got a much yeah, better fight than it was. Sure. But that's combat sports, though, man. Combat sports happens like that, man. But... I would love to see a rematch. I would love to see a rematch, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. We'll see how it goes. That was a, a really good upset pick, too, by Brown, because I think he was plus 500 on Vegas. So, Oh, uh, yeah, he did. Put, he looked really good. Whoever, whoever put money on Brown, uh, you know, they're Scrooge McDuck right now, diving and swimming in gold coins for anybody who put a heavy amount on it, because that was a really good underdog pick to get. Um but shit, man, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here, Janelle. Chilling here at the crib right now. I know it's uh, it's, it's about to be nine over here in my time. But over there, for you, you guys, you know, it's a little bit late. It's about to so. be midnight. Yeah, it's about to be midnight, midnight. So I'm, I, so I'm bet you're getting ready to call tonight. And uh, uh, what you got going on for now, tomorrow? I don't go to bed. Oh, now I'll never go to bed till like 3 o'clock in the morning, man. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm All right, and I wake right, up man, well, and I wake up at six seven o'clock every morning. I'm gonna wrap it up here, man. I got some shit to do, so uh, I'll holler at you guys tomorrow, man, and see what's good. And we'll be back Wednesday. So Janelle, one love from New York, Central Cali, Seattle, Washington, Houston, Texas, Alabama, Outsiders Boston podcast, folks, and we out this piece. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.